Blog Talk Radio. Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nova Tidy Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here to talk tonight about a very important topic. Oh, my face is just about, sorry about that. About a very important topic. Um, and the, the topic is about rape and violence and the way the media reports it. But for those of you all that don't know, uh, my name is Dr. Nefertiti Noel, and I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois. We do everything from behavioral health for individual therapy, family therapy, couple therapy, to organizational help where we go and we do team building and the like. And here, my background is in corporate America. And here in the wall associates that focus on resume consults, mock interviews, and life coaching. Absolutely. So we're here tonight to talk um, about sexual assault and rape and the way the media covers it. So first let me do a little bit of background for you guys because for the next three weeks, in fact, um, we'll be talking about different aspects of rape and sexual assault and molestation. And there's so many words that we use to put in a, um, a big category of sexual abuse, right? But we'll be talking about this for the next three weeks. And we're doing that because we're going to premiere our film, Scars of the Soul, on June 18th at the Bolingbrook Golf Club in Bolingbrook, Illinois. And if anyone's interested in getting tickets, finding out more about the film and, and what we're doing and why we're doing it, take a look at www.scarsofthesoul.com. So that's www.scarsofthesoul.com. Absolutely. So we're excited about the film coming up. It's going to be a great time and. uh it's, it's a serious topic, and we need to get the word out. And it's something that, um, you know, it's in the media a lot, talked about a lot, but not enough. And we really want to show uh, how these uh, heinous crimes affect people, affect them uh, long-term, affect people differently. Uh, some people can deal with it, some people can't. And we need to fully understand the implications of these heinous actions on people's lives. Absolutely. And one of the things I want to talk about is, Rape is a part of our everyday culture all the time. Um, we've got Law and Order SVU that comes on, which which is something that's watched. It's been on for what has it been? Ten years almost now, or longer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And every episode is about a different way a person has been raped. Um, outside of that, we've got other shows that show sexual violence and assault and things that occur to people, and it's so much a part of what we see every day that I think people are starting to forget about the intensity of what is really happening and how people feel afterwards. Um, in addition, I feel like they show such aggressive things on television that, that sometimes we can forget that it's not going to always be someone that beats you in the back of the head that, that rapes you. It can be someone that manipulates the situation that preys on children. Um, also in the media, we have right now so many cases of um, rape being talked about. I'm going to pull out some of the paperwork I have because we've got people that have accused, maybe 15 to 20 people that have accused um, Bill Cosby of rape. We've got Stephen Collins, who's, uh, who played a pastor and a dad in Seventh Heaven, Seventh Heaven, and he admits to sexually abusing underage girls and exposing himself to two other girls. 
We've got the the Dugers make 19, and uh, one of their sons has admitted that he was involved in, um, Josh Duger admitted and apologized for being involved with the molestation or the inappropriate sexual activity with underage children while he was a teenager. Correct. And so the media is blitzing, blitzing. And then Facebook, people are coming out on Facebook saying they were abused, they were raped. There's just so much media surrounding this, and I don't know if people really know how to handle it. So I want to talk about some of the statistics that just that we have on rape, right? And so one of the websites you can look at is Raymond. It's Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. But it says that um, 44% of victims are under the age of 18. 80% of victims are under the age of 30. Every 107 seconds, another American is sexually assaulted. Each year, there's about 293,000 victims of sexual assault. 68% of sexual assaults are not reported to the police. And 98% of rapists will never spend a day in jail or prison. Approximately four-fifths of assaults are committed by someone who the victim knows. And 40 Say that one again, about four out of five of assaults are committed by someone known to the victim. So that goes back into one, like, it's not always a stranger, someone in the back alley. It could be someone living in the same house, relatives, friends coming over for the holidays, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And 47% of rapists are a friend or an acquaintance. Okay. 47%. I'm going to repeat these stats because basically about one in four people, one in four women, 44% of victims are under the age of 18, 80% are under the age of 30, Every 107 seconds, another American is sexually assaulted. Each year, there are about 293,000 victims of sexual assault. This is just in the United States. I'm not talking about globally, and globally rape is happening as well. Um, 68% of sexual assaults are not reported to the police. 98% of rapists will never spend a day in jail or prison. And four out of five assaults are committed by someone known to the victim. And 40% 47%, excuse me, of rapists are a friend or an acquaintance, like someone that's just more than the neighbor up the street, but someone that you have spent or that people have spent time with. Mm-hmm. So what, how do we manage that? And then if we just go through, I mean, I can just go down the list. I mean, there's lists. Every year there's some huge assault situation. Now it's coming up. It was Michael Jackson. They were accusing of sexual assault on young boys. I mean, the list goes on and on and on about the people that have done this. But I think the question is, how does the media manage that? And are we are we different? How do we how do we view rape and assault based on what we think and what we see on the day to day basis? And what happens to a person when um, when they come out and say that they've been assaulted? What happens to that person? Do we believe them? How do we manage it? What is the protocol? And then what happens to a person when they don't tell right away and they tell later? And that comes up, and you'll find that, particularly if the person does not report it right away, okay, for whatever reason. Um, the big questions will come to the victim about that. How come you didn't report it right away? Uh, why did you wait so long? Things of that nature. Um, there's concern that they will be um, criticized, you know, start asking questions, well, what were you wearing? Why were you in that particular area? Why were you alone with that person? Things of that nature. So it, it kind of flips the script on the victim a lot of times where they find like they're under another attack, mm-hmm. okay, of how did you get yourself into this situation? What did you do to um, to cause this to happen to you? 
mm-hmm. you know, those type of questions can come up, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let me do a little bit of defining here, too, because when, when the number of 293,000 people is, is a really big number, right? And so right. that's talking about sexual amount of people raped every year is 89,000 people, and that's a different thing. So let me talk about um, what the definition of rape is. So I went on the Department of Justice because each state has a little bit of a different definition of what rape is. But the Department of Justice says that rape is forced sexual intercourse, including both psychological coercion as well as physical force. Forced sexual intercourse means penetration by the offender or offenders, includes attempted rape, male as well as female victims, and both heterosexual and homosexual rape. Attempted rape includes ver- also includes verbal threats of rape. Sexual assault, and so this is another wide range of victimization, separate from rape or an attempted rape. These crimes include attacks or attempted attacks generally involving unwanted sexual contact between victim and offender. Sexual assault may or may not involve force and includes such things as grabbing or fondling. It also includes verbal threats. I'm going to go on a little bit and talk about incest. Um, Incest is a type of sexual contact that occurs between persons who are so closely related that their marriage will be illegal. So, example, um, a parent molesting children or uncles and aunts and nieces and nephews or cousins. So, incest is that. Um, sexual assault, again, I want to I say that a lot of people use, use these terms interchangeably, but everything is not defined as the same thing. Child sexual abuse, sexual violence of children often includes incest or a subset of this form of sexual violence where there's, a substantial amount of overlap in the two types of violence for the purpose of, of um, like, for example, raining. They've separated them in recognition of the different needs that victims of each type of violence may have. Someone can be raped um, by someone. They can also be sexually assaulted by them, meaning that maybe penetration doesn't happen, but oral sex occurs or those different things occur. They can make them do sexual things like touching themselves, posing different pictures, those things. I mean, there's also military sexual trauma, which is um, is a technical term that refers to psychological trauma experienced by military service members as a result of sexual assault and sexual harassment, um, expressed by the by the Department of Veteran Affairs. There's uh, intimate partner sexual violence, as partners' rape includes sexual acts committed without a person's consent and or against the person's will when the perpetrator is the individual partner, married or not previous partner or cohabitator, excuse me. Um, Sexual harassment includes unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, and other verbal or physical conduct of a sexual nature that affects an individual's work or school performance. And there's more we could talk about, sexual assault of men and boys. Um, Sexual assault can happen to anyone, because I do want to be very careful when we talk about sexual assault, childhood sexual abuse, molestation, that this is not always happening to just females. This happens to males and females, and the act of violence can be perpetrated by males and females. That's a very good point, because that's, that's a misnomer out there that only committing these crimes. But we know for a fact that women also uh, have to do these crimes as well. Correct. And there are some women perpetrators out there, and, um, and that's, that's another topic that a lot of times women uh, commit this crime against a male, you know, oh, you really wanted it. Why are you complaining? You know, it's, you know, we talk about a situation where, in school where a teacher is, um, say, raping a child who's a male child, but a high school student. Teacher may be in a 30s or something like that. You have kids joking around, oh, you must have wanted it. Oh, she, she looks good. 
and that's a dream come true. All you want to ever want to sleep with the teacher. But guess what? It's still a crime. It is still a crime, mm-hmm. right? But in they, it, but in society, it may not be um, presented like that. Or the student, a fellow students may not treat this person was a victim of a crime. Correct. In addition, not not just can women commit the crime of rape or sexual assault. I also want people to understand that men and boys can also be perpetrated against. They can always they can also be the survivors or victims of sexual assault. And I think it's a very touchy subject because again, there's a myth surrounding sex that if your body responds in a certain way, so if a boy is being raped and molested, he has an erection, or if someone says. Or, or if someone's vagina becomes wet, they say, well, well, you must have wanted it because you responded in that way. And so we have this very narrow understanding of what rape can actually be and who can actually perpetrate it and what the side effects of rape and assault is, like what happens to people um, after after they've been, you know, raped or sexual, sexually assaulted. Oh, go ahead, Darren. I know there was a comment probably a number of months ago, a politician made a, made a comment that, received a lot of criticism saying a woman, if she gets pregnant after rape, that means uh, it wasn't rape, meaning if you, you can't get uh, pregnant um, if you are not raped or if you're raped. You can't get pregnant if you're raped. So if a woman becomes, if the rape situation occurs and she becomes pregnant, well, then you really, then, then that kind of negates, this, negates the rape situation. Which is not necessarily that makes no sense at all. Yeah, that that comment makes no sense at all. Which is probably why he got some response to it. Um, so some of the side effects or the effects of sexual assault are post-traumatic stress disorder, which are prolonged feelings of anxiety, stress, or fear. That can be signs. You know, those can be signs of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or what we call PTSD. Self-harm. Some survivors of sexual assault may use self-harm to cope with difficult or painful uh, feelings. Flashbacks, that's another thing that happens where people are remembering um, the event that occurs maybe in patches, maybe not even all the way. Um, as sexually transmitted infections, we, we used to, my age range used to call those sexually transmitted diseases, so I have to say right. STDs or STIs. Depression, feelings of sadness and unhappiness that have a negative impact on, on a person's life. Substance use and abuse. Um, promiscuity, meaning that lots of times people can become over-sexualized, they, they try to take back some type of control of their body, so they start basically having sex more and more and more. And then a lot of times people see that and they go, well, wait a minute, if, if Susie or Bob were raped, then how could they turn around and have sex with someone and to me? I wouldn't want to respond in that way. That's what people think. But those are all things that can happen, eating disorders, disorders, and, and suicide, not to mention suicide is, is, is one of the things that happens. Sometimes people cannot manage the, the guilt, the shame, the feelings that they have, and so they end their lives secondary to having been involved in, in sexual abuse. And I think it's really interesting that, um, again, when all of these things fall out of the media, so there were like 20-some-odd women that accused um, Will Cosby of being raped, and now we've moved on to the next, the next big story, Josh Duggar, or Duggar, and we've forgotten about what could be happening to those women, right? right? Or if or, or if there's even some other people that are just so many things throughout the news where people are talking about being raped and molested, and we have a tendency, because it's so sensationalized, we're all about the, what, the big bang of the situation that we don't always realize how, how largely affected a person has, could be because of the secondary um, negative impacts of sexual abuse or assault. And it's different for everybody. Everybody's not going to react, be able to cope, have the support mechanisms in place. You know, some people have supportive families so they can help them. 
seek counseling, professional help with those situations, supportive, encouraging, where some people are or families are not maybe in that situation where they're not going to be supportive, okay, and they are going to be persecuted or ridiculed or things of that nature. So everybody has is not able to cope with the situation in the same way, in the same manner. Absolutely. And people don't always remember at the same time. So let's say a couple things. Some people, sexual assault can happen to infants. I mean, we've seen in the news recently, maybe last year, two or three children that were molested and raped until they died. Oh, it's okay. As children, right? right? And so it can start very early. And when it does occur and, and, and people go through it, your brain can do all kinds of things to protect you. Some people lash out, but some people shut down and close down so they don't say anything at all. And they try to push it down further and further and further until they don't remember it all, which is a lot of times why substance abuse happens because people are trying to forget memories or forget things. So, so there, let me ask your perspective as a man. Sure. Do, do you feel like um, – that you see a lot of information about sexual assault in the media? Like, do you feel like when you watch TV shows you're seeing rape, or when you watch uh, different NCI, CIS, those types of things that you're seeing lots of images of, of assault? I do feel there are a lot of images of assault out there. Um, I think it's um, in different media, you see in print media. I see it in movies. Um, I see movies, even comedies, and now there's a comedy coming out uh, that talks about date rape, and some people are trying to make it as a, as a, com, you know, as a, as a comedic feature. Um, so it's portrayed in several different manners and different media fashions, but it's out there. And a lot of times, you know, even in, as you sit down in a movie, it can be in a situation where you don't expect to see it, but all of a sudden there's a rape scene. And guess what? People are squirming in the chair because you never know that the person who you're sitting with may have been in that situation. Other people in the movie theater maybe have been uh, – victims of uh, sexual abuse, things of that nature, and they weren't prepared to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're thinking they're seeing just an action movie, right? But they didn't know that was going to be part of the movie. So they're having to deal with that and deal with that in public. Mm-hmm. And that could be a challenge. Absolutely. How, how do you respond to those types of things? When you see those types of things in print and in film, how do you respond to those things? You know, it's, I think it depends on how it is portrayed. You know, if they're, if they're portraying it as a serious issue, if they're portraying uh, support of, I, I'm using the word victim, so support of the victim. Survivor. Survivor. Uh, I think that's good because as more and more media gets out there, it does raise the awareness of the issue, okay? But depending how it is portrayed in the media, it could raise, um, it could be negatively impact on the issue. Has uh, it, has it, oh, go ahead. I have seen it where it's from the media when they have portrayed the women where the woman is lying about the situation, okay? And they, they put that out in, in, in a series or a, a movie, things of nature, where someone makes a false allegation, okay? And it comes out at the, at the end, it, it's a false allegation, okay? That is um, that puts a situation where it puts in a mindset of questioning when somebody comes forward, you know, did this really happen, you know? So that can be a negative situation, mm-hmm. a negative impact on it. So, so, so clarify for me, what you're saying is sometimes some of the media portrays a fictional story where um, a lot of negative happens because someone's been raped and then it, okay, okay, which is really Which does happen at point sometimes. Funny thing is there's a very low statistical, statistical rate, of peop, rate excuse me, of people lying about that. Okay. Good, you know? good. And I think what's, what's funny is that um, – People are looking for it to be a lie because I, I feel like rape, sexual assault, molestation, incest is such an uncomfortable topic. Yes. 
that people would prefer that it not be discussed. So it's easier to not believe it. It is, it is an uncomfortable situation to talk about, um, especially because you mentioned majority of the time it's somebody that the person knows. So you that means the people who can know both parties, mm-hmm. right, and be quote-unquote friends with both parties, family with both parties, coworkers with both parties, whatever the case may be. So there's mixed emotions built up in there. Okay, you have two friends of yours, one is accusing the other one of a heinous crime, you know, ooh, I, I, I don't know that person is that as being that type of a person. You know, I know both of you, I love both of you, like both of you. Now I'm, I'm caught in the middle between the situation. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can be an uncomfortable situation how to, how to deal with that. I think one of the biggest things is that it's, it's not all, people are not always sure what to do. It's not always easy to make a decision about what to do after a sexual assault has occurred and it has come out. Okay. Right, because there's a lot of resentment that how, how can you really be right? That's an issue that people have. Can you really rape a woman? Like if she really didn't want it, could it stop? Mm-hmm. Or if you're if a man is raped, how could how could he have been overpowered? How could he be in a position where he could be taken advantage of? How could this really be real? Okay. And I think so many people don't know how to manage it that they often want to just believe that it didn't happen, so they don't manage it well. So what are some of the things that people do? They pull back from the survivor and they um, make the survivor guilty of something wrong. Like, why couldn't you have taken it and just let it go, right? So, like, okay, just don't don't report it. Just say this is just something that happened to me. Like, I stubbed my toe on the street and it's going to go mm-hmm. up on my, go up my business. Well, I think I hear a lot of people say things to people that have been sexually assaulted. Why is it coming out now? If it happened when you were 10 and now you're 40, why are you talking about it now? I don't think a lot of people understand that PTSD can be a long-term situation. Depression can be a long-term situation. A violent act leaves an impression upon the person, upon the person it happened to and upon the person that did the situation, that, that, um, that perpetrated, right? right? But the person that's been assaulted carries that body injury with them. And a lot of people think, well, if you're going to have sex anyway, right, because one day people grow up and they have sex, so what's the big deal if it was taken from you early? I think a lot of people just don't understand that, and they don't know how to manage the emotions surrounding it. And a lot of times it's portrayed that um, a lot of people think if someone rapes somebody that they're 100% evil and they're only evil. But there are people, like we hear about rapes happening in churches, we hear about um, pastors, priests, different clergy raping, and then how can you have the dichotomy of you're a good person but you rape somebody, how, how can that be? Right. Well, you know, I take it as the same thing with a thief, right? You guys, the guy's a nice guy, a lot of parties, but guess what? He's still a thief, right? I mean, just because the person has one part of them that has um, an image of being, being quote-unquote, good or acceptable doesn't mean their entire life is that. They don't have this part of them that is, is not doing the right things, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's, that, so that, that, to me, that model does not apply, right, just because, all good or all bad, right? Mm-hmm. No, I don't find that to be the case. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's also the way the media portrays rape is that it's only an assault if there was actual intercourse, if the penis actually went in the vagina, if there's actually that kind of a thing, then that makes it where someone considers it assault. But people don't understand that if you, let's say you hold somebody down and you, you press their breast really hard right. or you grab their penis, that is also assault. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fondling, mm-hmm. right, people... That's the problem. One people, you know, on the public walking down the street, someone grabbing someone's rear end, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, or being on a, on a bus or a train, real close, and then 
I've seen people gyrating on behind on on people, things of that nature, uh-huh. right? Well, yeah, public transportation is another location, and school buses, school campus, buses sure. where where a lot of really blurry sexual stuff happens. Absolutely, right? And I, I, again, I think people really feel like it's not that big of a deal, and especially because we're inundated with it so much in the media. I think people are so used to in an hour the rape is off. Right, right, right. Versus someone is dealing with this, trying to overcome this, surviving this, you know, managing their day to day life while still going, still dealing with this, right? Mm-hmm. And but they're battling with it. So you know, why did it come out twenty years later? Because what that person is still battling with it twelve years, twenty years later. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's still the after effects. Still the after, still the after effects, effects present, right? And then there's always the way that that when something is distant from us. So when you hear about something on Facebook where you get seven million likes, and it's because someone has come out about a rape. We can be supportive, I think, when it's a distant situation. I think when people see it up close, the media makes it feel like it's a cut-and-dry situation, right? But when you see it up close, there's going to be some blurred lines. You, people ask questions like, if you're that racist, then why would you go out to the mall with him when he went out to the mall, right? So right. if incest was really happening, why would you ever want to be alone with him when you say that he's done these things? Right, versus, the, you know, I need a place to live, I need a place to eat. Correct. If, if I report it, what happens to me, I go into the system mm-hmm. and then go into uh, someone else taking care of me, who knows what's going to be happening there, mm-hmm. those, those type of situations. So it's it's complicated. Absolutely. It is complicated. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people aren't clear on how to handle that complication, how to manage it, what to do with it, how to feel about it, and how to support a survivor without feeling like they have to alienate the the perpetrator. Okay. Okay. Or my favorite is not favorite. I'm saying that ironically is when people say just forgive it. You know, it happened a long time ago, or even it happened last year. But you just need to forgive it. And I think a lot of people don't understand that forgiveness is a great tool, but it does not take away the the after effects, the aftermath of a rape. And I, there's lots of people that have survived that really truly forgive. But how do you move from forgiveness to the actuation. Right. And I, I think also I think what makes it complicated is when it comes to, well, how do you repay that? Because you can't repay that. You can't give that back to somebody, right? If someone steals a car, all right, you can get the car back, right? You can repay money that you stole that for them, things of that nature, okay? But you can't give back if you, when you, when you raise somebody, you can't give that innocence back or that, that uh, whatever, whatever, I'm not sure the term of, Trying to pitch for you can't give that undo that. Correct. They still have to deal with that situation. So I think that's another part of the how what's the appropriate punishment? How do you effectively punishment or or, uh, or help heal that person? Absolutely. At the same time, it's challenging. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the other thing as well is that sometimes, especially when someone's assaulted by somebody they know, that person's still in their daily atmosphere. Sometimes. Oh, they they can't always get out of the atmosphere. So let's say someone's assaulted by a family friend, right, and it happens, you tell, they don't go to jail, nothing happens, you may still end up sitting at a Sunday dinner right. with someone that's assaulted you. What if it's a neighbor? So Correct. It's a, na- a neighbor that happens, right? Guess what? You can't afford to move. You can't sell your house for financial, for whatever reason. We can't move. So guess what? you got to see that person on the block for who knows how long until you have the opportunity to move. Correct. Right? It's not easy. Complicated. Correct. And then there's other ways that, that – the sexual assault happens, um, sometimes drugs and alcohol are involved, right? Sure. And so there is no clear, sometimes people go, well, no means no, and I believe that. That's very true. 
But I think a lot of times blurred lines get crossed, and the person that it happened to doesn't isn't always even sure what to label the situation as, right? Okay. But when we play it up in the media, it's really, it, it looks like it's so simple. It's black and white. This happened and it should not have happened. And I agree with that. But sometimes there are some defining characteristics that we don't always see across the board with assault. And so let's say someone, you're kissing them and you want them to stop and they don't and they go a little bit further. What do we call that? Right. They said no. You want them to stop, right. but they go a little, a little bit further. You were okay. You were, the person was okay up to one point. Not you. The person was okay at one point, but that person did not want to go to further. They'll go any further than that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're fine up to this point. They were fine, but you know what? I didn't want to go to, to that lane. And now I'm saying no. I thought we were going to third base and stop at second base, whatever the case may be. Situations like that. What, what are we calling it? Misunderstanding or? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's still actually defined as sexual assault. Sure. And I think sometimes it takes a person a while to get to, to kind of un, unpack that in their own mind right. and get to a point where they can identify that, wait a minute, something happened to me and it should not have. Right. And I have the right to be angry about that situation and I have the right to seek justice. And justice, I'm using it loosely because that definition could be could be anything for for each individual. But sometimes you have the right to have justice, even if someone else doesn't think that what you went through was 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 tragic. Great, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Very good point. You know, so it's just really important as we talk about rape culture that we look into our own ideas about it, what it means, realize that it's more than just the stories you see fictionally or non-fictionally on television. That this is really happening to a wide range and variety of people, every race, every class, every gender, every socioeconomic status, every educated status, this is happening to people across the board, and we have to take it seriously, recognize it, and, and try to make a difference in in the lives that we come across that, has, that this has occurred to. Thank you, Doctor. All right, so June 18th, it's two weeks from Thursday, we're going to have uh, our, our, our opening of the film at the Bolingbrook Golf Course. You can look us up online, www.scarsofthesoul.com. Thanks, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Once upon a time, there was a new crossover that refused to play by the rules. It flipped the script and made all the others look like fools. Featuring styling that's sexier by far and handled like a rock star. Introducing the first ever Toyota CHR. Enjoy agile handling in the body of a seductive crossover that comes with standard 18-inch alloy wheels. The first ever Toyota CHR. The perfect ride to spin your own tail. Toyota. Let's go places. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom says... This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. 